Hi, this is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman, and I have been blessed to be the author of Christian Warrior Woman, a guide to taking back your faith, family, and future. So I am happy that you are here with me today because we need good news, do we not, ladies? Every day we need to hear an encouraging word, a smile, a cheer, or for someone to grab hold of us and tell us how we're loved, how we're cherished, and that the fight is a good fight and that we win in the end. And there is so much good that is going on and available to each of us in our lives every day. So I am, I feel committed to this subject of second chances. And what do I mean by second chances? We have a powerful God who gives us opportunity each and every day through renewing our mind to start again. And the thing that I find so surprisingly challenging when ministering to women or men, but especially women, is that we get locked in this mindset that we've blown it that our chances are over. And so if you've heard the last podcast about the nine steps of, you know, getting to your second chance, I want you to understand whether it's second, fourth, or your 100th time that God is still able and capable to bring blessings on your life. We've already laid the foundation of what the average life is for a woman. I don't know about you. I haven't lived an average life. Have you? So we even have years above and beyond what the world tells us is our average life. When I looked at um, the royalty, the British royal family, and looked at, oh, Prince Philip 98 and Queen Elizabeth 93, you want to talk about God be orchestrating your days and your steps, and they're both able to walk, talk, chew gum, and be engaged in their family, you see a blessing there. Whether you're supportive of the British family or not, you can respect that God has given them a long life. And each of us, until he returns, if he returns before, we want to live a full life until that day, whether that's to 98 and healthy or somewhere in the average between 78 and 98, that's a blessed life. And so I want you to think of something that in regards to second chances, whether you're 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 or 70 and above, that if we are alive, that we're worth a second chance. And it's in the word. I don't care if you married how many times and messed up or your children or addictions or whatever it may be, that we have to believe and know that we have another opportunity to go to a higher level, to be blessed, and to know that God is always waiting for us to turn and believe that he is always capable in our lives. So I want to to give you five scriptures um, quickly here to help help you reference where you can be sustained. And, and I would just, even I think as I mentioned, let Google be your friend that if there are certain scriptures that you want for a certain topic or area of your life, just Google and say scriptures related to stressed or blessed or whatever it is that you want to look up. 
But I want to look at some scriptures that kind of show over and over on how important it is for us to believe that we can go again, that we have a second, third, or one thousandth chance. And the mindset that tells us we don't is the enemy. And we have to capture those vain imaginations and those lies, and we have to cast them down and say, not by my strength, not by my will, but by the power of God, I shall accomplish X, Y, Z. I shall be stronger than I believe or that I choose to believe that I am this day. So if we look at Matthews 18, 21 through 22, it says, then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. So if we want to just use our McMinimum, (laughs) I'm going to be laughing. If we want to use our McMinimum of what we believe, how many chances that when we're thinking about God or, or, or we're believing that we've we've fallen on repeatedly doing the wrong thing, the bad thing. Here's a scripture that tells you, I am sure that 70 times seven, you haven't done the thing that you believe is blocking you from God blessing you. And what I love about this, it reinforces to us that God blesses us and knows his word. So when we're praying and we're thinking we're in shame and we're thinking, oh, Lord, I know you can't forgive me. I've done this thing 10 times. This doesn't mean you go out and sin trying to calculate. Well, every time I don't have, I have sex out of marriage, oh, Lord, I'm way below the 70 times seven. That's not what I'm telling you to do. But what I'm saying is those areas where we know that we are weak and we need to get stronger and whether we slip back, fall back, but we get back up and we press on. This is what what I'm talking about. And this is what I'm talking about that we need to gain strength from the Lord in. So then let's look at Jonah um, 2, 1 through 3. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. And he answered me out of the belly. I cried and you heard my voice for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. So some of you hearing this may say, oh, well, the Lord let this happen to me. So maybe I deserved it. And maybe um, he just wants me to be over flooded with worry, stress, drama, pain, etc., etc. A lie. If you think about it, how long was Jonah there in that position? And did not the Lord move Jonah from that place of stress and overwhelming to a new higher ground, a drier ground? Let's put it that way. And maybe that's where you are. Sometimes we want to blame God or blame other people, but let's just cry out to God and take that step to cry out to God so that he can move us from a place of feeling like we're overshadowed or that we're drowning in debt or whatever it may be and move us to a drier place that's secure and with a strong foundation. Make sense? It means, and there's no judgment on 
why you're there, how you got there, you know, whether you have backslidden in drugs or alcohol or whatever, several times, God is not judging. God is hearing your cry for help. And sometimes you need it to be God. You can't, a man can't help you. God is the only one who can reach you in that place of desperation and in that place of healing. You need to be in that raw, authentic place with him because he knows your heart. He knows the difference of when you cry out and you want real change or when you cry out because um, you just feel overwhelmed at the moment. We've got to come from an honest and pure heart of need and desire to change our lives. So another scripture in Lamentations 3, 21 through 23. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I love this because it makes it very clear. His steadfast love never ceases. It doesn't cease when you're wrong. It doesn't cease when you do right. He always loves you the same way if you have children. Some days your children overwhelm you with joy and some days you can be disappointed. But does that change them from being your son or your daughter? No. Does that change them from being um, loved, being born of your body, being raised by you? And does it change your hope for their future? No. And so why do we do that to ourselves or we put that on God as my future won't be bright? Why? God's love for you never ceases. It will never change from today and tomorrow. The only thing that changes is your faith in him and your faith in what you can accomplish. His mercies never come to an end. When I hear that never come to an end, so even sometimes we do things we're unaware of that they may not be the right thing. And sometimes we are, but the Lord gives us grace. He gives us mercy, right? So it never ceases. And so then they are new every morning. Every morning, we the scripture tells us we're to renew our mind every day, right? But the Lord brings us a new day with new hope, with new opportunity, and with a new mind. So great is the Lord's faithfulness. Great is our faith that if every day we can wake up to be faithful women of God, that we have the hope and desire for greatness to continue each and every day. So let's go to 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the unrighteousness I'm talking about right now is your belief that you're not owed a second or third or whatever chance, or that you won't be able to do anything better with your life tomorrow. That's a lie. We, I want you to ask for forgiveness for believing in your limitations, believing that your God is limited when it comes to your life. 
When you're praying, I want you to break agreement with the lie that God cannot make your tomorrow brighter and more passionate and more successful than your today and than your yesterday. Your yesterdays don't have nothing to do with your tomorrow. And so I want you to confess your sin of your loss of hope, your loss of faith, your loss of trust and belief that God is faithful to you, that he has a plan and a purpose for you and that he loves you. We must confess with our mouth and speak the truth over our life and over our family and over our finances and over our heart. We cannot allow our heart to be stolen and destroyed with lies from the enemy. Second Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. What do we just talk about? That all would reach repentance. I can't tell you how, and I describe in the book, on how when you start really understanding the healing that's needed in your life, in your mindset, in renewing your mind, if you really were to be able to see, and I would, I would challenge you to stand with your eyes closed and just think about the junky, funky thoughts that you have in your mind about yourself, about your future, about your capability, about your potential. I would tell you, you would be filled with more junky, funky stuff than God's truth about you. Because if you are going to live to 80 something years old, you have more time now to be focused and successful to accomplish that. Because depending on where you are in the life spectrum, you might have already had your children and passed that stage. So you only have full potential to do many and numerous things that you've only dreamt of. But we have to do what? We have to be focused, we have to be disciplined, and we have to honor our identity and the gifts and talents that God has put within us. So I want you to think about this in, as I bring this to a close, is thinking about you that I do hope that you give your idea that success has eluded you. That's a lie. Also, God is not keeping track of your failures. God is keeping track of you against his plan for you. He is waiting for you to jump on the trail that he has for you. We all have choices that we can make in life, choices to go forward, choices to go back, or we can choose to stand still. And I will tell you, standing still ensures that nothing will change. Everything you see today will be everything you see tomorrow, the next day, and the next day. Your view, your life won't move. Too many Christian women stand looking at other lives while they stand still looking in the same position or 
possibly looking backwards. We have to make a decision that moving forward, picking up our feet and placing them one in front of the other and going forward is going to take us to our destiny. It doesn't matter if you know where you're going to end up, but it does matter that you're moving forward. Faith requires action. Nowhere you will find, be faithful, do nothing, and stay where you are. You won't find that. But you will find walk in faith, live by faith. Trust God that he is guiding your your feet. He's lighted your feet to move forward. That the gospel is ready and waiting for you to proclaim the prophetic words that the Lord spoke over you when he birthed you in your mother's womb. Have you ever thought when they say the Lord knitted each of us in our mother's womb, didn't he, he knitted us with some blessings. He knitted us with promises, promises of a prosperous life. Have you ever seeked God for the promises that he has for you? There's your second act. There's your thousandth act. But most important, if you haven't reached the pinnacle in your life to say that I have received all the blessings God has for me, because none of us can say that until we're in heaven, then you have to move forward and you have to pursue your second act. I'm probably on my fifth act. I've had a great corporate career. I've had, I've done the single parenting thing. I've done the married thing. I've done, I've owned multiple businesses. I've been in ministry. I've worked in healing. I've owned um, a holistic um, salon. I've owned a hair salon. I've got, I'm working on my 70 times seven. But the thing is with each one of those, there's skills learned, there's talents learned, and there are abilities to bless other people and for me to be blessed. So I don't want you to think of things in your life as failures, but think of them as things that you have learned, life lessons, things you've overcome, things that you can look back now on and and laugh at your immaturity or your inexperience. But what you are doing today is based on all of those experiences that's going to make you great for your next thing with God. So I pray over you because I want you to be willing and I want your heart to be open and your mind fixed on success. Success looks different for each of us, but the success I'm talking about brings a peace over your spirit. It brings a joy. It brings a little uncomfortableness because it's not always going to be easy. Nothing that you accomplish in life ever comes easy when it's going to bring you great rewards. You can watch folks and think folks got there easy, but you never know the backstory. You only see them once they're successful. 
You didn't see them alone toiling um, without electricity or driving a hoopty car when they were trying to go gig to gig. You just see them when they're maybe on TV or when they're on a stage. Just like no one is seeing you perfect your craft in private. But it's time that you develop a plan to release it. It doesn't mean it's on a stage. It could mean it affects one or two or three people. But you're doing and knowing that you're flowing in your identity. So I bless you this day to each sister hearing this and know that you are worth another chance, another opportunity, and a second life, a third life. You're more important than a cat to God. So if a cat's got nine lives, you certainly got probably a whole lot more than that. So love you and until tomorrow, God bless. Keep up the good fight.